It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. I want to pull it like a whistle. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, guys. Welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton. And joining me on the other line, the very first guest that I had on this iteration of the Locked On Wizards podcast, my guy from For the Win and the author of the greatest newsletter ever, The Kicks They Wear, Mr. Mike Sykes. How you doing today, Mike? I'm good, brother. I appreciate you having me, bro. Yeah, man. It's I'm being dead serious when I say that, though. I appreciate you for coming on just because you literally were the first guest that I had on. And plus, I, I just missed the days of you coming down and, and catching the Wizards games. It'd be me, you, and uh, Neil just on Bloggers Road, just just talking shit. Like th- th- those were the good old days for sure. That was definitely that was definitely the uh, the squad. That was definitely a squad for me. I miss y'all. I, I definitely miss y'all. But but you know, and anytime anytime I could talk with this bro, it's, it's a it's a good day. Like that makes my day. Exactly. Well, you know, you're already doing great things over uh, at For the Win. And, uh, you know, I already mentioned the, the newsletter earlier. We'll give you an opportunity to go ahead and, and to dive into, uh, that. Like I said, man, it's an amazing newsletter because you take, uh, you know, you keep an old millennial like myself very hip to all of the, the release dates and things that are going on. You take all of that information, you consolidate it into one place. So it, it, it's, it's great stuff that you're doing there. But really, I wanted to dive into these wizards. Oh, oh, our wizards. Um, they went one and three on their West Coast road trip. And, you know, with, with Brooklyn having a big comeback uh, victory the other night against the Celtics, you know, these uh, playoff hopes for the Wizards are looking very fleeting right now. And what say you to uh, the, the Wizards very much dwindling playoff hopes at this point? Yeah, I, I mean, so so with me, it's it's kind of weird, right? Because like, I mean, when we when we talked at the beginning of the season, like, you know, I was definitely not on the um, this team can make the playoffs train. And then I guess as the season broke through, they there there was like a, a glimmer of hope that they could do it. Bradley Beal seemed to be like good enough to to take this team to um to a different level that I didn't really think that they would be able to hit. Like I thought they would probably be like a a team that would have like some mid team number of, of wins instead of, you know, getting to getting to 30. But, um, but yeah, I, I, now I, I feel like after this, after this road trip, the, the, the dream is pretty much dead. Like it's, it's dead in the water. The Nets, Karis LeVert looks really good. Um, Nets are kind of not streaking right now, but, but re, regaining their stride after, um, after Kyrie goes down, like I just I don't know the the, the chances are definitely slim, and they needed pretty much every single game on this uh, on this road trip to to kind of make that even a, a a possibility still. So I don't know, we'll see. 
Yeah, like, I mean, that Utah game was always going to be up in the air, but they right. definitely needed that, uh, that those Sacramento and Portland wins. And so it's more so even not only the fact that they lost to Sacramento and Portland, but knowing that they needed those wins, and they ended up down 20-plus points in both of those games. Like, that's, that's really yeah. the kind of, like, I don't know, the, the indication to me that, you know, the, the, this team, right, I mean, they're showing some levels of inconsistency that, that, that it, it's kind of alarming for some of the young, younger players and their development. Like, Bill has been, like, literally the model of consistency. He, he's continuing his, uh, his, his wizard streak of, um, you know, consecutive games of 25-plus points or more. I think he's up to 20 games now that he scored at least 25. So you know yeah. what you're getting from Bill on a, on a nightly basis. And, and then pretty much when you have Douglas Bertans, yeah, his percentages go kind of fluctuate a little bit. But like, even last night he had not even the best night, but he still – you know, ended up with 20 points. Like, the Davis Bertans, you can kind of uh, expect uh, what, what, you, what type of production you're going to get from him. Everybody else in the roster, it, it's, it's really kind of a crapshoot on a nightly basis, like, as to which player, which version of each player is going to be showing up. What have you thought about some of the uh, inconsistent play from some of the younger Wizards? Yeah, I, I don't. I I think it's probably uh, a function of them being younger guys, right, and, and like, some of these dudes have never seen the playoffs and never really been into it in, in a playoff race. And, and so once you get in kind of the dog days of uh, January, February, March, it's like that's when, you know, the good teams, the really good teams are kind of keeping their foot on the gas. And, and some of the other guys, uh, that worst teams tend to uh, kind of let up a little bit and, and kind of slip and, slip and fall. And I think that's what we're seeing with, with a lot of young guys on the um, – on the roster now, and and it it definitely helps to have a guy like like Beal and and Bertans, who guys like those guys who are Bertans is a sharpshooter, Beal is a is a bucket, right? But even like they haven't been completely consistent this year. And, and like when when you're a team with with so many young players and and such, um, well, they've had such efficiencies on defense for for most of the year now some of that is starting to reverse obviously with with it out of here but um you know when you when you have those problems you can't really afford to to kind of slip up and, and take your foot on the gas off the gas and 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 that's kind of what what has happened to me on on this road trip like i, I think that yesterday was the second game in a row they allowed somebody to drop 70 and, and a half and yeah like, that is that is you you can't win like that it's it's impossible yeah, you're not going to win a lot of games when you're giving up literally like 70 points in the first half of these games. And, you know, even though, like you said, that, you know, the, the team uh, the team has improved like kind of dramatically over the de- on the defensive end of the floor uh, since they traded Isaiah Thomas. But I think that when you're looking at the team, like they, they've built up so many bad defensive habits over the course yeah. of the season that it doesn't matter, like, like, like for the last two games, like it's just like okay, they've been running the same defensive scheme the whole season, but it's just like people still don't know how to communicate properly on their switches. It's like it's like you have sometimes right. you have guys, you sometimes they'll do a switch and it'll be two players going with one guy. And it's just like we this is this five months into the season, we don't we don't have that like worked out at this point. And so that that to me is like it, it's 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 not a good sign when you think of. Okay, the Wizards, because they have this very, like, they have this very small window, this very, uh, I know this is political season, but uh, uh, when, when they would say, you know, the, this path to viability, like the Wizards' path to viability of being a good team again 
includes every last one of these young players like being the best version of themselves. Right. And so when you see that like these guys are like uh, not really playing like that, um, not I mean, for for somebody like Thomas Bryant, I'm not, like I want to really kind of dive into him for a second. Like this is a guy who the team like they got they they got him last year and they invested money in him because of how much of because of his work ethic because of you know some of the uh, offensive efficiency numbers you look at from last year him scoring around the basket I mean his just general good nature his enthusiasm great guy to be around and they they invested in him as a person because they thought that okay like this is somebody regardless of his defensive deficiencies maybe we can get him his deficiencies up to a level where he can you know where he can be able to produce but honestly though like in, in today's NBA. If you have a center who can't switch out onto perimeter players and can't defend at the rim, then no matter how efficient you are on the offensive end, it's going to be hard to play you in today's NBA. Right. What have you thought about Thomas Bryant, and more so specifically uh, his play on the defensive end uh, uh, over the course of you know the last two months of the season? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's been an up-and-down season for for. TV because like I, he he had that injury right and then uh, Pastor Snicks kind of came in and and was like really good defensively for for a minute and like it it felt to me like he kind of lost his way in in the rotation and and so I kind of sympathize with that in terms of like him being able to 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 catch a rhythm for this season but it's been like when he has played he hasn't been that great he hasn't been kind of the same offensive force that um that he was last year like he's still shooting well and everything but it's like his role in the offense seems to to me anyway it it seems to have been diminished and like I never thought he was a good defender anyway um so it's like I what what we've gotten from him on defense this year it it hasn't really surprised me um, that he's played so so poorly, but but like I, I think with with him, like for me, it it was always like, all right, like you you gotta you gotta be that um, that Clint Capella type guy who literally finishes everything and and can and can also like stretch the floor a little bit, which which is something that like a guy like Capella can't really do. Um, but yeah, I mean maybe maybe him and his kind of change of role on the team is is affecting his defense but but like whatever it is though i guess it's not a a great thing especially you know like you said when when you consider the fact that the team did just pay him in this all season and maybe that's that's a part of it maybe it's like he's actually one of those guys who who gets paid and then kind of kind of just chills out which like i it's a natural human thing to do, right? But like, not something that you necessarily uh, want to see from from uh, um, such a young player. So I, I don't know. It, it, it's been a really weird season for for Thomas Bryant. Yeah, no, I, and I don't think it's the. I don't think it's a. Uh, he got paid and he's working less hard. Like I think he's working just as hard as he was before. But I do think that the, him getting paid it, in his mind, I think it kind of changed a little bit about how he thought of himself as a player hmm. and, especially, and thought of his standing on the team. Yeah. So he's like, oh, okay, I got paid. He's like, and, and really, before Davis Bertans broke out, you know, a lot of people were saying that, you know, Thomas Brand's probably the second best player on this Wizards team. And so he's coming into the year, and I felt like he tried to force a lot of things offensively 
and he tried to he played a little bit outside of himself and wasn't really doing the thing that made him you know such a great player last year like doing the things that you're saying like the rim running like like playing like a Clint Capella at the rim like shit low key like, like Thomas I'm Bryant a- finished better at the rim than Clint Capella did last season and so but he came out this year he I saw a lot of these foul line extended jumpers. A lot of long twos, right. a lot of you know what I'm saying. Like he, he yep. he's like, okay, I'm a, I'm, he's like, I'm, I'm the second best player. Like I'm getting the rock right here. I ain't forget setting the screen. Give me the ball. I'm about to shoot this jumper. And it's just like <laughs> man, he, he was doing that a lot at the beginning of the yeah. season. And so I feel like he's doing that a lot less. And so you've seen like his efficiency numbers from the offensive standpoint. They are they are like kind of going through the roof and. You know, I, and and this is also where so I want to shout out to my guy Kevin Broom. That, that, that's both of our guys. Yeah, and he has, yeah. you know, his PGA set. And then me and Kevin, we kind of got into this thing the other day about like, okay, his efficiency is great, and uh, you know, he he's he's playing a lot better. He's shooting the ball better. He had a night the other night where he was four for four from the floor. It's like you can't. How can you be mad at a player who literally went perfect from the field? But if you're watching the, what was going on on the defensive end. And the things like, I mean, there was a point in the game, like, uh, I'm talking about the Sacramento game, mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, Thomas Bryant comes in the game, and they go on like a, you know, 7-0 run, and they and every bucket is because of him. Like, it's right, like, right. So I, I think that, you know, there are things that uh, he can do to improve his game on that end. I think, I really, I think that he has, he needs to improve his basketball instincts, because a lot of times when I watch Thomas Bryant, it's just like he's reacting a second too late to the play. And it's just like, if he could just if he could just be able to recognize the plays uh, a little bit quicker and then also stop going to block shots like he needed to just put his hands <laughs> up like he like for real like because what He'd happens is with him and Mo they end up they chase blocks and they end up and they they don't get blocked they just commit fouls and so they needed to just learn that this verticality thing what Hassan Whiteside was doing last night. He went up and I I, I agree with Scott Brooks when he said you know they, he he didn't go up straight up every time. But that's how Hassan Whiteside was playing. He was just going, putting his hands straight up, and Bill and all them dudes were driving into him, and they, he getting blocked just by putting his hands up. So right. you know, I think Thomas Bryant can learn some 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 tricks of the trade. But I guess the really the only way that he can learn that is through playing. So I, I guess we just we just going to have to sit there and and go through the growing pains with him. Yeah, I mean that that, that kind of I feel like that's kind of the. The only thing they can do at this point, right? I, I, I guess it is a, a tradable contract, but only in the sense of like you would have to package something else with it, or that would be his his contract would be a part of like a a bigger deal of of some sort, right? And I don't think that is that's probably not going to materialize for the Wizards anytime soon, honestly. So I don't think that's really worth. Um, talking about and plus like he he's still a relatively young guy right so it's he's like only 22 yeah he's so. only 22 so you i mean moving on from a guy like that especially when you just invested um a, a few years into him it's like yeah. there, there's really no there's really no point in doing that like you don't need to rush it it's just the 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 only thing the only caveat that i will throw in there is that like this is part of uh kind of a trial run with um you know Bradley Beal as as the 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 star of the team, and if the team is trying to satiate Bill in any type of way, then maybe you do have to consider kind of moving on from from some of these younger guys to to um, get him more proven veteran players or whatever. But like I don't know, 
I, I feel like that with that's kind of um, putting the cart in front of the horse to me. Yeah, I, I th- it's definitely putting the cart in front of the horse. And I think that the biggest thing that the team can do right now, what Tommy Shepard can do, is is to is to get these guys some get these guys some game film, some tape, and hope that you know that you got a couple of teams out that you can't trade them if they if teams they never seen them play. So you gotta let them play and let them build up their value. And you know, hopefully, hopefully you can maybe if if that's something that Bill wants to do. If he, I mean, there's an obvious trade that's out there, and I'm not the only one who who, who is suggesting it. But you know, uh, Indiana Pacers have two centers, and they, and one of them just made the All Star team. And the other one's damn good, and we don't know if that's going to be able to work out. So there's a natural trade fit there. So if you could throw throw you know a, a Thomas Bryant, a, a a Troy Brown Jr., you know some draft compensation, and you bring in a Miles Turner. I think that that might be something that they could do. But like you said, the car is way in front of the horse when we're yeah. talking about yeah. that type of conversation. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, that's that's a long way away. Long <laughs> exactly. Way. But, uh, hey, Mike, I, I want to take a quick break. And on the other side, I want to talk about what I think is the most dynamic, uh, 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 basically, rotation uh, competition that's going on on the team right now between okay. Troy Brown Jr. and Jerome Robinson. So oh, we're going to take a quick break, and on the other side, we're going to compare and contrast these two players and try to predict how we think that situation is going to play out. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right now, Mike. So we got to to look at this... uh... This brewing uh, competition between backup wings is going on on the Wizards right now. And you have uh, Troy Brown Jr., who the team drafted with the 15th overall pick in the uh, 2018 draft. And another guy who they liked very much, who, you know, I I will definitely contend that if he was there at 15, they probably would have taken him, uh, is Jerome Robinson, who they uh, acquired from the Los Angeles Clippers in uh, in a deal at the trade deadline. What have you thought about Jerome since he's come over uh, from the Clippers? And what do you think about him kind of supplanting Troy Brown's minutes within the Wizards rotation? Um, it's, it's definitely an interesting um, it's an interesting battle to me because, like, I, I think both of them kind of have their their positives, right, as far as what they bring to the rotation. I, Jerome Robinson, oddly enough, because, like, coming out of college this wasn't the case, but – Jerome Robinson is definitely a better defender than Troy Brown at this point, um, which like, I, I think is really interesting because when Robinson came into the league, like he was known as like this, this dude who was a bucket. A bucket. Right? <laughs> yeah. and, now, and now he's turned into kind of a, um, a 3 and D wing without necessarily like having the, the three-point shot down yet, right? Because I think he's only shooting something like 33 percent with the Wizards and, and didn't shoot it that well in, in his time with the um with the Clippers and, and like Troy Brown is definitely more of kind of a um a, a rebounding wing who you can trust a little bit with the um 
the ball handling duties and, and as good as a secondary playmaker and was really kind of brought in expected to, to be um, kind of a, um, a three and D type guy who you could also, you know, put, put on, um, you know, a, a, a small ball power for if, if need be. And, and he hasn't really translated into that, but, but like I say, he, he is good on the glass and, and you can trust him to, to run a fast break and, and kind of initiate offense, which is really good when you got a guy like uh, like Bradley Beal, who is is now the team's primary de facto primary ball handler some of the time, but also is not still doesn't have the tightest handle in the world, uh, right? So so like mm-hmm. I think I think having the um, more guys who can handle the ball around him. Um, is is a is a good thing. So so like it, it it's really weird. If you if you fuse them into one player, like they would be the perfect role player for this team. But you can't do that, obviously. Um and and like I think uh, Robinson supplanting uh, Brown in the rotation right now is is probably a a good thing for 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 both of them. Like I I think if 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 Troy Brown can't get his spot in the rotation back to a dude who is supposed to be a three and D guy, but can't really shoot. Like that's not a, a good sign for, for him. Right. And, and Jerome Robinson should like, you, you've got to use this time to, to give him an opportunity to, um, to prove himself as a, as a rotation player on your team. So, so like, I, I kind of like this happening, as you know, like I'm a, I'm a big Troy Brown fan. Um, but, but like yeah, I I think this is something that that probably needs to happen though. So so I'm I'm not like the guy who's mad at Scott Brooks for 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 doing this. Yeah, I mean shoot, I was mad the first the first game that it happened, but you know in the last four or five games, I gotta say like man, Brooks is kind of making the right decisions because Jerome Robinson's just playing better. Like he's yeah. he's way more attentive on the defensive end. He makes way less mistakes on on the offensive end. Like, Troy Brown, I've, I mean, he's had, like, over the last – over that road trip, he had, like, at least eight, like, WTF, like, plays where I'm right. like yeah. – literally watching him, you're just like, yo, what the – what the – what's that? Like, what are, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, what are you for doing, real. He, he, like, over – like, literally over the four-game road trip, he had, like, a, like literally almost, almost like eight to ten of those type plays. So, it's just like – I don't know. Like, he – I understand Scott Brooks' frustration with Troy Brown, and then even more so – so I, I think I mean I'll give a little inside baseball here. I think I think that honestly that that that, that Scott Brooks wants Troy Brown to be a little tougher. I think that he's bothered by the fact that Troy Brown is really kind of a he's he's a real nice guy. He's a real polite guy. He's a real you know yes sir no sir uh, you know kind of guy. And I think that you know Scott Brooks is probably like oh, okay you know we, we sit down Troy we tell him we're gonna bench him. He's just like okay yeah yes sir. Like he he really. Scott Brooks wants a dude who's gonna be like, nah, f that, tossing chairs, like, nah, you're not benching me, like he. That's what he wants Troy Brown to do, and I don't think Troy Brown is really that guy. But I do think that over a point of time that he's looking up, he's like, hold up, this dude Jerome Robinson playing 30 minutes a night, and I'm only playing 15. They're like, maybe that makes him angry. Maybe maybe that brings that guy out of him. What what, right. what do you think about just my this hypo, hy, hypothesis as far as? What I think could be going on with the Troy Brown Scott Brooks dynamic? Yeah, I mean that's interesting because like we we saw that that same thing kind of happen with like Scott Brooks and and Otto Porter and Scott Brooks and and, and Kelly Oubre, right? Where like he's expecting certain things from from them that are are intangible, 
right? And they just never really, like, those things never really seem to click, at least not all the time with um, with both of them. And, and that seems to be, like, happening here. Like, if, if, you're, if your hypothesis is right, like, that, it, it would be kind of the same thing. And, and so it's like, I don't know, like, it's weird to me because it's like, uh, as a as a coach, I feel like you you know that there are different leadership styles that people react to, and and like if you're if you're trying to like if if, if this is like the third time that this is this is happening, then maybe it's like something with with Brooks and not necessarily with with Bryant. But like I said, like maybe it's a good thing for for Bryant to kind of um, I mean not Bryant but Brown <laughs> to kind of get him out of. Uh, Get him out of his out of his out of his shell, and and like he he's been like all right this season. Like he, I think he, overall, like he's had a really good season apart from um from this this rough stretch. Like I'm looking at it now, and since January first, he's shooting like 37 percent from three and and 47 percent from from the field, and and like to, those are good numbers, but like you gotta translate those into into winning plays, right? And I think for him to to kind of take that next step. It, it's going to take him taking a step back and, and saying, "Okay, like this is what this is what coach wants from me. The coach wants me to be more aggressive. He wants me to be uh, kind of this dude who 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 can fill all these gaps for, for the team, right? And and so maybe maybe this is this is the way that 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 happens. And, and I mean, Scott Brooks is the head coach. I'm not, so like I, I can't tell you, you know, what what works and what doesn't. But but I'm I'm interested in, in seeing how it plays out, though, for sure. Yeah, well, I, mean, I have a prediction on how it's going to play out. I think that, uh, you know, with it, was it 22 games left for the Wizards? Um, the, uh, the, the, last week when I know this is this is unfair, but I'm just telling you based off of my uh, perception of the team, having been around them for you know a few years now, that last week when when they kicked that ball to Troy Brown uh, uh, in the Milwaukee Bucks game to to, to hit the three. And to go to overtime, and he missed that three. And then the next uh, two nights later, he's not in the game. Jerome Robinson's in the game, and they kicked the ball to Jerome Robinson, and he hit the three. I don't think that, that I don't think that, that rotation is going to flip uh, for the next hmm. twenty games. I think that Jerome Robinson is going to play twenty five minutes a night, and Troy Brown is going to play about fifteen minutes a night. Okay. And if he's gone, he might could get up to twenty. But I think I think that the way after that, after what happened last week, and you know, and and not to say Scott Brooks is wrong for that, like because yeah. you know they they went out and got Jerome Robinson, like they're both on rookie deals. They both got two years left on their rookie contracts, so we need to be evaluating both of them equally. Like yeah, I know they, they they had different paths to get here, but they're really they're really the same player. Like they they on the same type of rookie deal. They're gonna be looking for the same type of extension coming up in two years, and so you know like I'm not saying it's wrong for you know, Brooks to have made that decision. But from what I've seen from how they operate, I just don't see that Troy Brown really has a chance to supplant uh, Robinson back in the rotation over the next, uh, you know, month of the season. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I feel you. I, I just I just want to see it, you know. I want to see how they both play. And I, I, I really like Jerome Robinson. Like, I was very happy when they when they made that trade. Because, um, like, you, you, you can never have too many wings in, in this NBA. Right and and I think at at Robinson's best, like I think he's a really good player who can defend and also would would be able to 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 get you a bucket if if need be. So yeah, he's he, he kind of looking like a uh, like a real like a, like a young West Matthews type player yeah, right now. Right. Yeah. Yes, and that's a, that's a valuable player. Like it's like 
Hey, Wes Matthews got paid a lot of money for, you know, being Wes Matthews, right? Wes Matthews tore his Achilles and is still in the league, what, Exactly. Start, he, he's a big yeah. reason why the Milwaukee Bucks don't pay to win so many games. So, yeah. you know, if, if, if we could turn Jerome Robinson into a player like that, I think that that'll be, uh, that'll be something that will keep Bradley Bill happy. And it's a great segue to, to talk about uh, Brad and, you know, the kind of tear that he's on. I don't want to talk about the tear because everybody knows. Uh, every, if you watch the games, you see him. He's dropping bucket. He's a he's a certified bucket right now. Yeah. And, and you know, like I, I've seen a couple people saying this. James, they calling them Harden of the East, and I'm like, the way he's playing right now, it, it really is Harden esque. Um, but just like with uh, James Harden uh, early on in his career, there were a lot of uh, skeptics out there. Uh, what, what do you what say you about Brad's like his this tear that he's on, and where do you think he kind of. Uh, 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 stacks up against the other guys at the NBA. More specifically, do you think he's gonna make All NBA this year? <laughs> yeah, I can't. I can't see All NBA happening for Brad. And 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 I, it's not it's not on him per se. But I, I just don't think the Wizards would be good enough for him to be considered. I, I mean, in in like just look at the the Player of the Month thing that just happened, right? Like Jason Tatum wins Player of the Month. Celtics go nine and three in the month, and he's averaging like thirty-seven and three or something like, which is really good. Like, don't get me wrong, but Brad is out here averaging like thirty-six, thirty-eight, and it's like, and he doesn't even get like a peep. And so, like, I I think winning just matters more to people. Um, in in certain instances, that, especially like media types who who really kind of get down into the into the nitty gritty with this kind of thing, it's not like the the fan vote of the All Star game, right? Where like Trey Young gets to be an All Star starter because like, he's cool and fans love him. Yeah, Trey Trey Young ain't gonna be all NBA either. <laughs> yeah, nah, like Trey Young Trey Young's not making an all NBA team, right? <laughs> and, and and so so like, I I think that that is it's it's kind of the same thing here. But I do like I, I was saying it on Twitter the other day, I, I can't really think of six guards that I would take well, well it's hard for me to come up with that list, um, I should say, of six guards that I would take over uh Bradley Beal right now. Like, I think he is um, kind of actualizing everything that we thought he could be. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. Like, it's, it was like, like to me, it was like Brad is the, the, the bucket that he was last year is different from the one that he is this year because he's getting to the free throw line now, too. Like, he's still great at finishing at the rim and his three point shot hasn't been there all season long but now starting to uh to pick back up and, and if he's if he's this kind of shooter, if he ever gets back to like thirty, thirty six, thirty seven percent from three, then it's like but like that's, that's gonna a, be a problem. Yeah, that's <laughs> like a, 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 a thirty three, thirty four point per game score, which like like now nah, we don't really mess with like raw numbers in anymore, but like Brad's pretty. Brad is pretty efficient, and and just being a thirty point scorer in general is is pretty um, amazing. So so like I I I think this dude is um, you know top of the top type. Like I, I think if he defended at all, he he would be a, a top ten player in the NBA. Like that's yeah. that's how much I believe in this dude. So so it's like I to me if I'm the Wizards, bro, I I I don't even think about training this dude until like you absolutely have until to. he come in and say, hey, look, man, trade me or or else. Like yeah, you know what I'm saying? 
Yeah. And and, and, and uh, everything from Brad, like, he seems to want to stay. He wants to sign an extension that he's doing. I know that he and his family, like, literally his whole family here, all his brothers here, you know what I'm saying? He got his fiance, man. He got his kids here, man. Like, he loves it here. So, like, and that's a genuine thing. You see him, he putting on for the city in a way that he don't he don't have to. Like, he, right. you can tell that he genuinely loves D.C. and he wants to put on for this area. So, you know, I, I think that he'll stay. And I think that he, like, like, I think that Brad is playing like a top 10 player, a top 15 player for sure this year. But the only thing is, it's like the all-NBA, it comes down to a vote of media members. And honestly, like, I just don't think that Brad has the proper narrative for the totality of the whole season. And you got to think about, like, these dudes like, you know what I'm saying, Zach Lowe, and Zach Lowe ain't even put him on the all-star team. Like, you think, like, like these dudes, like, they're taking anything into account. And so, like, I just don't think that he has the narrative, the story that put that makes him, like, one of the guaranteed, like, top six guys. I think if he gets in, like, there is a pathway, or there was, I thought, you know, for them to at least be competitive in that last playoff spot. For them to for him to continue scoring like he does, and when Kimba was hurt and Simmons is hurt and all these other guys that you know missing out the last you know few games of the season, I thought that there was a path there for him. But honestly, though, I just I just can't see it because like where, where, where's the story with the Wizards? Like you know if they didn't come out and lose you know to Cleveland and Chicago out of the All Star break, then right. it, it, it would be different. There would be a story there. There would be a buzz there. But because it just isn't, like, coming together, like, in a way that I think will be favorable for Bill in a voting system. So, I don't know. It's tough. Like, he's balling, but I just I just know how it works, how the league works, how the voting right. process works. I just, they're not going to vote for him. They're not going to vote for him. They're not going to vote for him. And, and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I, I see people on Twitter, like, getting it. Excited about it and saying like, "There's no way that Bradley Beal shouldn't make." Like, oh, there's definitely a way. Like, there's a lot of ways. It's like, it's like, yeah, man. Like, nah, come on, dude. Like, how many times do we see? Like, it, it's first of all, it's very rare for a dude to to not be an all star and and then make an all NBA team. Like, it's happened, but it's also extremely rare. Yeah. Um, and, and and all those dudes are playoff contending teams, like right. balling out. Like, you gotta go not be an all star, then have your team win thirty games. And then they're gonna just they gonna reward you with all like I just I just right. don't see that right. storyline. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's yeah. It's it's tough. It's 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 tough, man. It's tough. And and he he's balling, but like you say, he's 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 hooping, man. Like, he's ain't balling his he's balling his ass good, off, man. <laughs> but, but I don't know. I I can't see it. Yeah. It's it, man. It's tough, man. I'm just being a realist here. Like like man, I've been on Bill's bumper the whole season. I've been tough on him. Like I can't say he's balling out right now. Like he, I, I mean, I do think that you know I would have liked for him to have you know outplayed Colin Sexton last week and you know try, <laughs> like that 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 would have right. been nice, <laughs> right? But, you know what I'm saying? But I, I don't have like Bill's balling his ass off right now. And when you look at the 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 the, the coaching deficiency, the the inconsistency amongst the young players, like a lot of these losses might not be his fault either. Like. So, right. but but he's a, he's he is nothing but a product of the circumstance, and the circumstance isn't really changing. So, you know, it, it just is what it is, and I'm just trying to call it how I see it. <laughs> yeah, nah, I'm we we on the same page. We on the same page. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. 
Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so, hey, now, now that we got that out the way, man, I wanted to finish up strong, man. I wanted to, you know, talk to you about some, some TikTok, man. I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, you, you got the newsletter going strong right now, man. Like, I, I really wanted to know, like, yo, how, how are you feeling about the this year's releases so far and the releases that uh, are potentially coming out for the rest of 2020? And then uh, after that, we're going to dive into some, some legacy talks amongst the Air Jordan brand. Yeah, I mean, this year has been been pretty. Like All Star Break was really weird for me because it it normally like if you if you pay attention to this kind of thing, like All Star Break is normally when like all the big brands get together, like Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, whoever, and they release like basketball shoes for for their uh, signature athletes. Like we saw like the LeBron. Um, uh, Space Jam 17, like the Monstar Jones that that mm-hmm. that Nike dropped, and and like the uh, the two squad ones, and like Adidas had the um, Damian Lillard, Pusha T uh, collab on the on the uh, Dame Six that was that was pretty cool. But other than that, like I could not tell you um, who got a, a particular All Star colorway and. Uh, well, aside from like Kawhi Leonard, because they launched his actual shoe. Or right, Star right. <laughs> but like, but like outside of that, it's like there weren't many guys who who had like particular All Star colorways that we that we would normally see. And maybe like that's a function of some of the dudes not actually making the All Star game. Like yeah, like uh, Steph and Kyrie and Steph, PG. Kyrie and yeah, right. Those guys. Got, yeah. <laughs> but then it's also like I also feel like the weekend was just way bigger. Off the court, because you had like the the um, off white uh, five drop from uh, Virgil Abloh that was like that went crazy. Like people were going crazy over that shoe. I was one of them. The, uh, also, <laughs> the um, Kanye West dropped the uh, the um, Easy Quantum, which which is like the the first Easy athletic shoe was made specifically for uh, basketball. People were literally running in the streets of Chicago looking for. For that one, and and um, New Balance had the the Joe Fresh Goods nine seven, and just, it was just a bunch of like off court kind of um, stylish non athletic sneakers that were really dominating the weekend, and and that was like that was a, a really big change for 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 me for for the industry overall. I think like this yeah. was like the first year we saw that. Yeah, man. I think from. Some of the things I'm gathering from you, man, it sounds like uh, one of the bigger winners of, you know, so far for this season has to be New Balance with some of the things that they're doing. Like you said, you know, Kawhi man. pretty much had the, the biggest rollout during uh, All-Star Weekend. And then you talk about, you know, the Joe Fresh goods. And then, you know, you look at the uh, New Balance and the NBA uh, just, you know, signed a partnership agreement. What, what, what do you think, you know, as a, as a DMV representative, how do you feel about <laughs> New Balance, like taking over for the for the for the nineteen to the twenty twenties, right? It's crazy. It's really crazy to see um, New Balance kind of making this run, and, and also shout out to New Balance man for dropping the uh, the Mumbleos nine nine seven and the uh, the Blue Crab nine nine seven. I absolutely love that. 
that they pay homage to the area that really kind of shows them a lot of love um, in in uh, in this culture. But but I think it's it's uh, they're like obviously a really long way away from being Nike or Adidas, and and really even Under Armour from from where they were in in 2015. But like I think they have carved out a particular space um, in this thing where like. They're back in basketball. They know that basketball is not their bread and butter, but yet they have one of the best. Like, they luckily signed one of the best players in the league ahead of him winning a um, winning a title. So now they have, like, this immense platform to kind of spread um, spread their, their New Balance gospel on, right, with, with uh, Kawhi Leonard and, and um, Darius Baisley and um, – uh, what's my man, DeJounte Murray in uh, San Antonio. Um, and so like, it's it's been really interesting. When you talk to people at New Balance, they, like I said, they know their bread and butter is not basketball, but they, like, use basketball as a platform to to put their athletes in, in uh, cakes like the, the Joe Fresca's collab or, or even the Mumbo Sauce collab of, of the um, – of the 990 and uh, whatever 997s are out or the 850s or, or whatever, it's like, man, like they they kind of really figured this thing out in a way that somebody like Under Armour, when, when Steph Curry really popped off in uh, 2015, 2016, never really, they never figured out this, this formula. And it seems like New Balance is like poised to, to kind of make a jump um, from from 2020 and beyond, into to turning basketball this basketball thing and, into to something that that is uh, that's bigger than the than the game itself. So so I'm I'm really excited to kind of see what they what they're doing and, and and what this turns into. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely excited, man, because just like you said, like you know, basketball isn't really their bread and butter. But I mean, they've been making I guess I would lifestyle shoes, but I guess technically the the nine nine series those are all running shoes, like so. You know, what I'm but but they, they they include that in their lifestyle cat. Like they they know they're very aware, bro. Like they yeah. are very aware. You know, that's hey, that, that's crazy. That's because like I I just remember like all right, this is, I'm, I'm gonna really date myself right now. But you know, back when you used to get the East Bay magazines, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get the East Bay yeah. magazine. If you want to get new balances, you had to go to the running shoe section. You feel right, me? So, right, like, right. Yeah, but like, like hey, like hey, this is yeah, I know whatever the kids are calling it nowadays. If it's a lifestyle shoe. I guess five seven four five seven fours were never really great performance running shoes anyway. So it's like right, those right. are always lifestyle shoes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, man, it, it's dope though to see you know uh, New Balance like you know kind of kind of get their uh, recognition because you know as I said like from 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 you know Richmond Virginia to Baltimore like that's that's got to be a large uh, part of their market share for 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 selling New Balances like in, in the country. So. It's, it's something that we've been rocking with. So, I, hey, man, if they're going, if this means they're going to have, you know, a uh, bigger platform, bigger, uh, bigger uh, celebrities uh, wearing that stuff, or we're going to get, uh, you know, uh, different uh, collabs and, and different colorways and stuff like that, man, I'm all with it, man. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, all, I'm team New Balance, man. Let's get it. <laughs> I always, I always tell people this is just, this is just the, the, um, the lane that the Wizards need to jump into to, to sign Kawhi Leonard in uh, 2024. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, get all on the New Balance ways, man. There you go, man. I'm with yeah. it. I'm with it, man. Yeah. But uh, to to go from the new up and comer to, to to switch over to you know what, what has to be the, the the flagship of 
you know, uh, collector's shoes and, and basketball shoes. Um, I wanted to have a quick little conversation, legacy conversation with you about your top five Jordans of all time, man. <laughs> man, that's, that was tough. And honestly, like, I thought about it really, um, really hard. Because, like, I'm honestly, like, not a big Jordan dude. Like, I have respect for Jordan and, like, what it's not. I love the um, – a lot of the shoes from the OG line, but like I realized a, a few months ago, like after the Jordan Ten, really is where I kind of um, like I generally like check out after that, honestly. But I do have um, I do have a lot of favorites from 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 that that uh, that first Ten. So so I'm gonna get into them. All right, um, cool. All right, go ahead. I, I'll go my my number five. I'll start at my my fifth favorite pair my fifth favorite pair of jordans i got the uh the aqua eight uh, that's, that's my fifth pair. really it's it's this kid me like I, I just remember as a kid i wanted those shoes so goddamn bad and yeah. <laughs> i couldn't yep. i couldn't get my mom to get them for me yep. but hey as soon as they had the uh the the, the, the re-release i think that got to be about damn 10 years ago now but i went i got some uh aqua eights and that i mean it's just it's just something about them that have always had a special place in my heart <laughs> yeah, no, bro, that's my number two. <laughs> that's the number two ace. <laughs> that's my number two. I, and, and really the same story, bro. Like, I I remember um, in in 2010, that was, well, it was, it was actually, it was actually 2008, actually. That was the first shoe that I bought with my own money. And I remember <laughs> them dropping the, um, uh, the first time I couldn't get them because obviously like, I was a broke child, like, <laughs> so, like so like I couldn't get them then, and then they dropped again in uh, 2008. I copped them, and then I beat those into the ground, and then copped the ones and uh, in 2015 that dropped. So I and I still got those to this day. Like I I try not to wear them too often, which which is like against my general policy, but like I love yeah. I just love looking at that shoe, man. Yeah, Aqua Ace is dope, man. So yeah, where, 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 so that 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 was my five, your two. Where, where you coming in? I feel like there's gonna be some overlap here. So where, where you coming in at number five? Yeah, number five, I got the, I actually got the metallic fives. At, uh, okay. At number five, like that was one of the first um, shoes that I really like. It it caught my eye when I was really starting to become aware of um, of the culture. And and shout out to uh, to Wale because because Wale is really. Um, like that's the first person I really saw wearing Jordan fives like that outside of like Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so it was like, yeah, like that one was, uh, you know, that that one really. I feel like that that's a that's a landmark shoe for me. I've never owned it, but but I definitely I definitely feel like it's one that I gotta get. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a fan of the fives, but I, I, I definitely see, for me, I, I was always a bigger fan of the threes, fours, and sixes. So mm-hmm. it's just like the five releases, it just, they just never really, I, I just never really got on. I think the only pair of fives I ever owned were the, uh, the Laney joints. Um, yeah, those are good. Those are yeah, good. those are good, but they, they, yeah, they, they, they didn't make my top, my top five though. Um, at number four, so I'm about to go, I'm about to start going left here, man. My, my fourth favorite pair of joints, and mind you, for people who are listening, this is not where I think the sneakers rank. These are my personal 
favorite right. Jordans. Like, yeah. and, and for Mike, these are your personal favorite Jordans. So don't don't have people coming up here being like, how could you not have those? <laughs> like, right, nah, we're oh, not. You know, people going to do that regardless. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, so for me, number four, I'm going completely left here. This is a very underrated Jordan, in my opinion. The the bread Jordan 17. Like, nobody. Wow. Really, yeah, man. That's crazy. That's really crazy. That's the first. You're the first person I've ever heard have the 17 in like a top five. And like, don't get me wrong. I like guess it's, it's a good. Like that's a that's a good one. But yeah. it's like, but like it's, it's completely like out of left field, man. Yeah, like, no, OG, I'm shocked. Man, like Pat does so, man. Like yo, it's man. crazy. Hey, that's completely crazy. Everybody, hey, hey, I'll take all the all the uh, the, the the slander. Yeah, you could ever say, but hey, man, that's one of my favorite drinks. I got an OG pair that you know, I keep on deck, man. I bring them out, man. People be like, yo, I ain't never seen those before. People don't even remember the 17th. Like, nah, like, <laughs> it's, it's wild. It's really wild. I, I had a pair of these, actually. And, um, damn, what grade was I in? I was still in school. Um, I was I was a kid. I was a kid, and I ran through. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, but but no, that's a good shoe though. The seventeen is a good one. Like I said, I, I, after after like ten, I check out a lot. But like the um the seventeen and the nineteen are like my two favorite post Jordan ten. Yeah, post Jordan playing career. Yeah, them some of them yeah. drinks, they get they get they get kind of wild. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, and and for me, it's like like I I, I definitely get what you're saying. So like. I like I like the twelves, twelves, thirteens, fourteens. I liked them when I was kids. Now I just can't see myself wearing any of those shoes right now. Like honestly, like it's just, I mean, like the twelves possibly, like, but it's just I don't know. Them thirteens, like those are like I feel like those are like straight performance shoes. Like yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I can't even remember the last time I saw somebody rocking them. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, I can't. The thirteen, I I respect people because a lot of people who love the thirteens. It's not my favorite. This yeah. is not my favorite. Yeah, and, uh, or the fourteen. When last time you seen somebody rock the fourteens out, man? <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, bro. That, that's like a, definitely a like I'm a hoop in this one. <laughs> yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. As I said, I got, I got great performance value. <laughs> right, yeah, so you can rock a fourteen. Four. I, I really respect you if you can rock a fourteen. Um, at, at, at number four, I got the um, I actually got the band Jordan One, bro. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, you, you can't go wrong. You, you can't, can't go wrong with the you, one. People probably go. People probably go roast me for having this number four, honestly. But I don't. I I feel like this is. It's not. It's not this like the Chicago. I feel like the Chicago is definitely the more. Um, notable colorway but this one to me is like i this is more aesthetically pleasing to me as a shoe and i'm not like a huge jordan one fan because i'm more of a, a um a dunk fan yeah but this one i I really like this shoe yeah no i'm i'm with you on that man i i'm definitely with you on the i'm more of a dunk fan than a jordan one fan too just because i don't know for some reason like dunk lows like just shit over Jordan One lows, and I like low top shoes. I'm really Absolutely. not a big mid fan, so right. like the like the Jordan One lows are like kind of trash, low key. Like yeah, no, uh, for sure. For yeah, sure. but they, but like the, the, dunk, dunk, like far the OG SB like collection, like dunk, like I got I got like I I got dunks that I find like if I go like you know what I'm saying over to my parents' house, like I go to I'm like oh oh shit I forgot I even <laughs> had these like yo let me like Refurbish yeah. these, get them back up and running, throw yeah. them back in the rotation. Like, yeah. 
Nah, yeah, I'm, that's that's my that's my that's my literally my favorite shoe, bro. Ever. Yeah. Like, See, I mean, I mean, Dunks and Blazers are like are like my 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 kind of go tos right now. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I'm coming in for for my number three. I'm coming in with the uh with the, with the cool gray eleven as my number three. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. That's, that's like a. Cool. That's like that's like a it's like the eleventh. Everybody rock, love life. Everybody love the space dance. Everybody love the breads. Everybody love all that. The cool grays. It's like especially being from the DMV. It's like man, you can put them joints on and like you gonna match everything. Like you can throw those on right. with any outfit and you're good to go. Like you never have to change anything. Like you throw them joints on jeans, whatever color, whatever you're good. <laughs> right. No facts. And and like the eleven is a really is a really versatile shoe in general. And so, like, when you drop it in gray, which is, like, the most neutral color, like, it's like you you really can't go wrong. Yeah. You really can't go wrong with that. Um, at number three, I had the uh, the Katrina Jordan 3. It, it originally dropped in, um, I think, 05 when uh, Katrina happened, if that's the correct year. If it's not, can uh, – No, Katrina was 05. It was 05? Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was dropped um, in 05. Um, as part of like uh, uh, the relief effort um, mm-hmm. for the shoe, but like honestly, I didn't have like a big love for the shoe until um, retro and uh, I, it was either 2017 or I think it was 2018 actually, and I somebody was wearing it, and I was just like, man, that's a really clean shoe. But like, it's I don't normally wear mostly white shoes, but like the white with like the elephant print and the really bright red just like i was just like yeah nah, that's a really good one that's that's a good summer shoe yeah man hey anytime jordan does the elephant print man like though any elephant print is like it's classic like you got like that's yeah like that's 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 certified right there man that's classic. um uh, for my number two man i'm coming in with the uh defining moment jordan sixes that's a good um, it's something very just regal about that shoe to me. Like, and I just and plus I remember what I had to do to go get them jumps. Man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I had, to, I had to hit a couple licks just to go get them jumps because you had to yeah. get the package. So you had to that joke called that joke set me back a couple hundred. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like I was like a, a freshman in college and I had to go. Had to hit oh, you got you get, got stories with that jump. Yeah, yeah, I had to hit some licks to get that yeah. one, but we we pulled it off. So like, <laughs> <laughs> that's but, a yeah. good one. That's nah, a good defining one. defining moment. See, like I said, that shoe is just real. Like it's it's you know the the, the black the gold man. You could you could dress it up. You could dress it down. Like right. you know what I'm saying. I might I might show up to a ball wearing a tuxedo with them joints on. You know what I'm saying? Like right. <laughs> like that like that that, that like those, those are just OGs. Plus like the story behind how I got them. Like it's just they they always have a special place for me. <laughs> yeah, nah, I feel like I said for for two, I had the I had the Aqua Eight, bro. It's it's one of my favorite shoes of all time. Man. Yeah, man, that, that was a classic shoe, man. Like I just, I just don't like people don't remember like when that shoe first came out, like if, and, and and like amongst like the, the 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 our community, dog, like that that shoe was it. Like you said, like yeah, like that, especially because I think that that was like probably one of the uh, one of the first uh, Jays. Where they started doing like different type of colorways, like or, like among original releases too. Right. So you know where they did a lot of different colorways on the retro releases, but like uh, before, like it would be like a lot of just you know black and red, white and white and black, white and red. You know what I'm saying? Type of just like. But that Aqua Eight, man, that joint, that joint, it was a game changer, man. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, 
man. Like I, like I said, I, I got too many memories with this shoe. <laughs> I got <laughs> too many memories with this shoe, bro. Yeah, man. But uh, uh, so I'm coming in my my number one, uh, my number one J, my number one Jordan is the the, the black and blue Jordan threes, man. The, that's my number one Jordan of all time, man. That's that's my personal favorite. Yeah, and and, that, and that's another shoe where I feel like it's so classic, like. Like you, you can you can really dress it in any type of way. Like you could you could rock that Jordan three. Like you, you really can't mess it up. Like yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, number one, I got the the white cement four, bro. Oh it's, man, hey, yeah. hey, that that's another one, man. That's the, uh, <laughs> the do do the right thing, Mookie. You know what yeah, man? bro. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the first the first time I remember seeing them jokes. I was like, man, that's a good shoe. That's a, yeah. that's a. Good one, but I, on my life, like, I've not been able to get these shows for anything on my life. Like, every time this shoe drops, I'm taking L's, but, and, and, like, the only, if, I'm not about to buy this shoe, like, I love the shoe, but I, I don't have the bread to buy a dead shoe. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? But I really, I gotta own this job at some point in my life. <laughs> like, yeah, I have we 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 gonna make it happen, man. You know what I'm saying? Once you once you uh once you once you up on Nick DePaula's level, man, I'm sure you can get nice oh, to ship him up to you. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. I'm working, I'm waiting. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you're well on your way right now and I feel like this is a perfect way to end this conversation for you to be able to go ahead and let the people know whether they can find your all of your great uh shoe talk. And, and, and tell, tell the people about your newsletter and get them to go ahead and subscribe, man, because I'm a subscriber, man. Like, like I said, man, the kicks they wear when I get that email in my inbox, like, that I know that I'm about to be fresh. Like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely, bro. It's uh, it's uh, It's been a really fun, a really fun process in doing this. So y'all can um, go to uh, the kicks you wear newsletter. It's kyw.substack.com. I post every Monday and Friday about uh, shoes and kind of how they revolve in the world around us. So, like, like it's not just, you know, like, of course, you're going to get the you're gonna get the dope looks at, at all the all the cool shoes, and I'm going to tell you the drops that are coming out and all this and this, this and that, and, and it's all good. But, like, the, the main thing that I really try to drive home with the newsletter is that, you know, sneakers are just not just something that people wear. It's a culture and also, this is why it matters to you in the world that's around you today. So, like, I write about something like, you know, how how it um, how the industry is is tied in with the the coronavirus and how it's you know affecting um, you know what what Nike and the dealers and, and all of them are doing. Or, or you know, back when the um, when the whole NBA China thing first happened, like I wrote about how the sneaker industry is also kind of tied into that. You know, so so it's it's not just like you know, buy this shoe, it's really tying sneakers into um to world events and, and the relevant things around you. So go ahead and subscribe to um the kicks you wear. Uh again that's kyw.substack.com and also go follow me on uh for the win. Shout out to my folks at USA Today. That's for the win, ftw.usatoday.com. Yeah, man, you could you, you could tell you a professor like this, man. You had your your, 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 pitch, you had your pitch ready, man. He's like, hey, yeah, man, and no script or nothing. He just read yeah. that off, man. Yeah, but, I hey. think about this all the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, but for the people out there, man, go ahead, go subscribe to Mike's newsletter. I promise you that, uh, you know, in, in today's day and age, like where you know, I know a lot of people have there's a lot of newsletters out here. 
you will not find another newsletter like this one. And so, you know, diversify your portfolios and go ahead and check my man and his guy. <laughs> I really appreciate that, bro. I hey, really man, it's not a that. problem, man. You know, you know, we, we all we got, man. We got we got to put on, man. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah, man, Mike, I, I greatly appreciate you for coming on and, uh, you know, talking talking the, the, the low moments or talking a little Wizards ball. But, you know, I know your face is smiling from ear to ear right now when we, when we <laughs> talk about who, uh, kicks for the last 20 minutes. So. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, I love it, man. Hey, but thank you, man, again for coming on. And uh, uh, the, the the people they, they they will greatly appreciate it. Like every every time you come on, it gets great response. So, man, I'm, I'm looking forward <laughs> to having you on again, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, bro. All right. Chilling back, giving advice. I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price. They see that I'm taking it, try getting past. Label money, I just tell in advance. I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance. She just trying to have me up in the trance. I'm in a strip like fucking. They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slapped on my ones, but it bounced like a ball when I struck it. So if you ever see a real nigga like me, just let them live and just be how it be. Go to the club with them two and you'll see. With a J, we'll be on the same team. I want a baller like the Wizards. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. I want a ball, I like the whistles. Yeah, you know what I mean. When I'm blowing on the net. Girl, she went shots for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.